There's the shotgun snap to Fields. He's back. Fields looking. Fields pressured. Fields hit from behind. He's going down. No, he stayed up. Fields, no, he's going down. Get him down. Get him down. Sacked. It's week 13 of the NFL season. Welcome to another edition of the 20 Minute in the Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. And look, we're going to start out like we do every single week. Just a quick update of the news and notes, what's going on. And then I've got a great show for you today. I got uh, John Osier from the Jaguars going to join me. I got PJ Clark's going to break down uh, the key matchups by Bet MGM. I got a player for you. I'm not going to give that away. You got to watch for a little bit, see who's going to join me today. But I think you guys will like it. So um, let's let's start with the news and notes. Um, Health-wise, I think this is a good situation for Detroit. I think that mini-buy came at a great time. You looked at practice on Wednesday. Um, the only guy that really jumped out to me as, as, as not being there at practice was Evan Brown. Um, you know, he's been dealing with an ankle injury the last couple weeks, and so, um, you know, I didn't see him on Wednesday. We'll see if he comes back to practice, um, you know, later in the week. Uh, I, Jonah Jackson was back with a red jersey on Wednesday. That means he's you know, going through the protocol and, and looks to be good. Jeff Okuda, the same thing. So getting those two guys back, I thought they really missed uh, Jonah Jackson and, and Evan Brown um, against Buffalo. Yeah, I think those two guys, you know, obviously Jonah's a pro bowler, but um, Evan's played really well too. And so you hope you get those guys back. But health-wise, that, that, that buy came at a good, that little mini buy after the Thanksgiving came at a good time. Um, Detroit should be pre- pretty healthy all across the board on both sides of the ball, which is, which is great news. Health-wise, I know fans are excited to see Jamison Williams back at practice. See Romeo Aquara. He's been at practice now a couple weeks, but Jamison Williams returned to practice this week. I have to admit, my eyes pretty much focused on him all day during the open portion on Wednesday, watching him go through some drills and just trying to see how that speed acceleration would all match it's it's tough when it's individual drills but you still saw a little something something uh dan campbell said this week that it was probably a tall order um for him to play on sunday but i don't know i don't know something something tells me there there might be might be a discussion at the end of the week there might be a debate why not give the kid if he if he's ready you know maybe five to ten plays ten ten things where you just kind of like him this is you know a, a must win game this week to stay in the graphic right into into December um, you can't let this one um, slip away so if that young man can help you and, and you think obviously from a mental standpoint he's passed you know the the the, the, the mental portion of being back out there and trusting the knee. Um, Boy, if, he, if he's ready, if he, if he looked at him in practice, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I'd throw him out there for a couple of plays. Romeo Quar is probably um, another week or so, too. I think we'll likely see both those guys in, in Minnesota. We'll just have to kind of wait and see if, if anything maybe surprisingly develops at the end of the week when it comes to Jamison Williams. Um, yeah, I think two more things with, with this matchup. I think this is a really interesting matchup because it's two teams that are very similar to one another. I mean, you look at the records at four and seven, um, two coaching staffs, right. That are, you know, trying to, you know, kind of build their culture, right. There's some really talented, um, players dotted across both these rosters. You look at the rankings on offense, total offense, passing, rushing, they're just one rank away from each other and so um, a lot of similarities and and so this one I think will be a really interesting one a one that both teams need like I said to stay in the graphic and and look the Lions have won three 
lost a really close one on, uh, to Buffalo on Thanksgiving. Now they got to start that win streak back up. You've got two at home before you head on the road. I think this week and, and next week, Jacksonville, Minnesota are must win. So pull out all the stops this week, and it should be a fun game. I think these two teams are very, very similar, like I said. And then the other maybe mini kind of headline heading into this one is, look, number one plays number two, right? Uh, Trayvon Walker, the number one pick in the in the draft by Jacksonville, um, squares off against the number two overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson. Now, obviously, they won't face each other on the field. They both are, you know, are pass rushers on defense but they'll forever be linked when, when two players go one and two and they play the same position that's just the nature uh, of the beast um Kayvon Thibodeau you can maybe throw him in there too at, at number five but these two guys especially when you just look at it from a statistical standpoint you know Aiden's been a little bit better a little more sacks more interceptions more impact kind of plays but um Trayvon Walker you know really good against the run has more tackles so uh, I think two young guys kind of figuring it out um getting better every single week and so that'll be an interesting uh, matchup as well. But I've got a busy show for you. Um, make sure you join me right back. we got a lot going on today as the Detroit Lions get ready to host the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. Welcome back to the 20 Minute in the Huddle podcast, and I am now joined by John Osier, who does a great job as a senior writer for the Jacksonville Jaguars. John, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate you. No problem. No problem. A very interesting game this week. It is a very interesting game. Let's start with this, John. I mean, when I look at these two teams, I, I mean, there's so many similarities you know, between them. And it's not just the four and seven record, but look, new coaching regimes, right? Trying to build culture. Um, they, some young playmakers kind of dotted throughout both these rosters. Um, two teams that are kind of trying to to learn how to win football ge- football games late. Uh, Detroit was able to do that on, on a recent three-game win streak. You guys obviously had a huge win late against Baltimore, a really good team, a signature win for you guys. But when you look at these teams, do you see the same thing? It's almost like mirror images of each other. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think Lions fans know sort of just like Jaguars fans, it's, it's hard to build your way out of a real down period. I mean, and uh, both these franchises have had that. And, you know, I think this year for both teams, I can speak more to the Jaguars, but, you know, his team won one game in in uh, in twenty and in, in uh, three games last year, and you wondered how they would get out of it. Uh, well, the answer is the quarterback uh, Trevor Lawrence in the last three games is starting to play like a number one overall pick, and all of a sudden, a lot of the things that you talked about—not being able to win close games early—they've uh, had seven losses, six of them by a score, five of them with like five minutes to go in the game. All of a sudden, when your quarterback starts making plays, then all of a sudden that four-point margin starts going your way a little bit. So it's not as simple as that, but certainly that's what this team's been going through, trying to find out sort of how to get out of that abyss, I like to call it, which you know th- these franchises have felt it. Sure. Uh, it, does, it does feel like both of them are figuring out a way to claw out of that, get some stability. And now you can start going toward the top, which it feels like both franchises are, are, are taking that first baby step toward that. Yeah, you, you certainly hope that's the, the case, certainly here in Detroit. 
and I'm sure they're in Jacksonville too. And you, you kind of segued to my next question, which was about Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you look at the last three games, you mentioned it. I mean, over 100 passer rating in, in all three. I think if you combine the last three games, it's six touchdowns, no picks, 116.1 passer rating. So, look, he is playing better ball. And, and what do you attribute to that, John, as, as when you watched him maybe earlier in the year to how he's played over the last month? What's been the biggest difference for you? You know, it's hard. Uh, first of all, he hadn't played poorly all year. What had sort of bit him, which I think is what uh, bites a lot of, of, of young quarterbacks, in the red zone, it hadn't been there. And uh, they're ninth in the league in offense. He's been throwing the ball. They've been moving. And then once he hit the red zone, sort of bogs down. I think any quarterback, if you had uh, Jared Goff, I'm sure he would tell you, hey, first year or two in the red zone, it's hard because everything's so compressed. As you grow, you start to get better there as a quarterback. Uh, they've gotten better there. He, he has stopped turning the ball over in the red zone. Probably the biggest complaint anybody himself had, uh, there were three red zone interceptions he threw, two in the, in the end zone in, in what became one-score games. So all of a sudden, you turn those around. I don't think there would, there would have been the talk in weeks five through six about how, how much he was struggling. But overall, what's the difference? Uh, he's on his 29th start. He's got the body of work. He's got some muscle memory stuff going on now where he's seen things before. Uh, I'm telling you, last week against the Ravens, the numbers were there, but the look was there, meaning big-time throws late in games that not all human beings can make. He started making those. The confidence seems to be there. Uh, you got to stack them, as they say in the NFL. But it, it's uh, it's interesting because I think we're seeing a kid grow up before our eyes, and that's that's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, it should be fun to watch. That last drive last week against Baltimore was was just about as perfect as as he could be. And then the throw on the on the two point conversion was was money too. That's got to be. Yeah, it's got to give that young man so much confidence. And look, when, when I think Detroit fans look at Jacksonville, I think when people across the country look at Jacksonville, they think of Trevor Lawrence, right, and, and ETN and Christian Kirk and some of the weapons they have offensively. But when you look at, at, at the Jaguars' defense, I guess, you know, defensively, what does Jacksonville do well? What should Detroit be most worried about with, with when Jacksonville's defense coming into town? Well, they're, they're a pretty good defense Um when they play conventional offense is meaning they have struggled against RPO offenses. Uh, They struggled against Lamar Jackson a little bit, stopped him in the red zone. They struggled against the giants, struggled against the Eagles, Uh, but they have been good against the run with uh, against teams that don't run the ball real well from the quarterback position. What they haven't been good at. And uh, this is, I think what scares them against the lions. They haven't been great in coverage this year. Uh, if you can get them blocked, which they haven't been a great pass rushing team because it's hard to be a great pass rushing team if you can't cover in the back end. So that formula has hurt them. Uh, So I think that's what Lions fans should look for. Can you get these guys blocked? Because uh, Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker are capable pass rushers, uh, but they've had holes in the secondary. They haven't been able to cover very well. So I think that's what, if, if, if you can do that against this team, teams have had success against this team. So that's been their Achilles heel. They've got to get better in those situations, and they've got to cover better. 
And that'll be a key matchup this week, obviously, with Detroit having one of the best offensive lines in the game, being able to run the football, establish the run, and then some of the weapons are getting healthy on the outside. Um, that'll certainly be a, be a really interesting one. What could a win like Sundays against Baltimore do for a young team like that moving forward? Have you sensed a different feel, a little bit of a buzz? Some of those young guys maybe standing a little bit st- taller as they walk through the hallway? Yeah, and, you know, I've been doing this long enough to know that you've got to see, you've got to back up what I'm talking about. So uh, you have one game, but the circumstances of it were interesting when you're watching a team grow in this sense. Uh, the Ravens, to me, are one of the three or four class franchises in the NFL. They're there every year under Harbaugh uh, for two decades. They're there more often than not. They're hard to beat. The Ravens came in needing that game. It's late November, and they've won four in a row. This is a pretty good Ravens team. The Jaguars haven't won a late-season game against a team where it mattered, and you know we all know the difference in December. When you're playing a team that's out of it versus a team that's in it, those teams that, that are in, especially like Baltimore, tend to win those close games. For the Jaguars to win a close game against a team like that, I think meant so much more than if they'd been playing a team that was 2-8 uh, and eight or, you know, that uh, – so I think that matters a great deal. Uh, Doug Peterson, the head coach, who has obviously Super Bowl winning experience, he talked about that on Monday, that you know, the Ravens are a franchise that you can model yourself after. You know The culture, everything they're about. To beat that team, if there's a few more around it, then I think that becomes a signature win, if you will. If it's the only thing they do, then who cares? Yeah, but if they're right. part of a stretch where they win four-ish in, this, in these last seven, and I think you do look back on that and say, okay, that's a win that mattered in terms of the psyche and in terms of the culture. And again, I'm speaking with John Osher, the senior writer for uh, JacksonvilleJaguars.com. Does a great job there covering the Jags. And John, we talked about the the, the pass rush that Jacksonville's got to get. Um, is there any other matchup maybe that, that sticks out to you as re- really be important for Jacksonville heading into this one? Um, you know, it's important for this team to be able to run. Uh, so Travis Etienne's been hurt. Uh, I mean, he was hurt last week, a foot injury. He's considered day-to-day. They won last week only rushing for 40 yards. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a sustainable formula. So how he plays, uh, teams have been able to limit him a little bit in their running game in the last couple of weeks since he kind of went on a hot streak. I'm curious to see how the Jags – now that teams are focused on their running game, how they combat that. But to me, I go over all the lines, offensive line, as you've informed me this week, really, really good. Um, The Jaguars need to figure out some way to penetrate that offensive line. Uh, I don't think most national fans know how good the Lions offense and that offensive line is. Uh, That to me for the Jags is the key matchup, how they can handle that very strong uh, Lions offensive line. And I know they don't face off against each other on the field per se, but you know Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson will will forever be linked to one another just because when you're drafted one and two and you play the same position, that's just how it goes. It's like quarterbacks, right? All those guys from a couple of years ago are all linked to each other too. Just your your impressions of of Trayvon Walker. I mean, you know, 37 tackles, he's got a couple sacks, he's he's made some plays. Obviously, looked statistically just in terms of the sacks, a couple of interceptions for Hutchinson, five and a half 
half sacks. Um, you know, a little bit more production from Hutch. But but what's the word there in Trayvon? How how do the, the Jaguars like the development of that young man, the number one overall pick in in this year's draft? Well, my guess is he's going through the same thing. That if you ask Hutchinson about what he's going through, you know, you've got to learn to pass rush. I think Hutch came in with a little bit of an edge because more of a pure natural pass rusher. So your numbers are going to be a little bit better. Uh, uh, Trayvon, who I know the Lions liked a lot too. I'm sure Lions people would tell you probably wasn't going to be a natural pass rusher as a rookie, but the athleticism, everything he gave you in terms of stoutness against the run, playing hard every play, et cetera. He's playing well uh, everywhere except sort of developing that pass rush uh, get home that you want. Uh, he's still bull rushing a little bit too much. You depend on that as a rookie because it worked in college. So right. he's probably having a fairly similar year to Hutchinson. He, he's got some pressures. Uh, he's gotten close some. I think he's dealt with that frustration of, you know, you want to succeed. You want to see show people, okay, that's why I'm here. Uh, they like what he's doing and think he will develop in time into a pass rusher. Uh, but for now, He's a rookie in the NFL. As you said on a show we did earlier, it's tough at that position, boy, to make a huge impact because you're having to learn so much. So I think he's right there. They're pleased, and they think he will improve dramatically with time. Well, it'll be fun to watch both those guys as, as they develop and become core players for, for you know both these franchises. John, great stuff, at, as always. Safe travels up here, my friend, and I'll make sure I stop by and say hello in the press box. It should be a fun one. Two teams that, that are very similar, that, that need a win. Um, it, they, I, I expect a, a really fun matchup on Sunday. Yeah, both of them can get on the graphic with this win, right? That's a big one we talk about all the time. Get on the graphic in December, baby. Welcome back to the 20 Minute Huddle podcast, and I am very glad to be joined by kind of man of the week here, James Houston. All he did was get his NFL debut, his two rushes, two sacks, his first special teams rep. He covers, it recovers an important fumble. Boy, James, talk about debuts, huh? That, that had to have been pretty fun on national TV, right? Yes, I mean, you, you put your head down, you grind on the practice squad, right? And yep. we talked a couple weeks ago, I just stopped by your locker just to chat yep. how things were going. You said, look, just going to work going to work every day, and then you get an opportunity, and boy, did you take advantage of the opportunity. That had to feel really good. Felt great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just did it come as a surprise at all to you, or were you just kind of one of those guys knowing, like, hey, I just need an opportunity, and if I get it, you know, I could do yeah. something with it? I mean, that's kind of always been my story. Um, even going all the way back to Florida, um, I was kind of like a second-team player, and uh, – they will put me in, you know, for like a situation or just a third down or anything, and I'll come up with a play, you know what I'm saying, a, a fumble recovery or a good stop or something like that. And uh, it kind of it, it made me want more opportunities, you know, and so uh, that made me seek out Jackson State yeah. where I had a, a bigger opportunity to, to play every down and do my thing. And so, um, 
Yeah, just just hunting for my opportunities. I know I'm a playmaker. I know when I get out there, I, I can I can do my thing and, and shine. And talk about that versatility as well, because you, you were an off the ball, more of an off the ball linebacker at Florida, yep. and then you go to Jackson State and and Dion and he kind of sees that that pass rush ability, and so now you play more on the on the ball, yep. and you have so much success with all mm-hmm. the sacks and everything that that went with that. What was that transformation like? Was it hard at all, yeah. or it was definitely difficult um especially you know having the mindset of going into a place and thinking that you're about to do this and this is about to be your last go round and and you gotta you know show show these certain things so they know you can do this and uh, to have your position changed to a position that you didn't really play it was it's tough you know you gotta you either gotta accept it and go hard you know what I'm saying or you might just crumble and fail and so um I knew this was this was my one opportunity. I I chose to come here, you know, and uh, God led me down this path. And so, uh, talking with Coach Sanders and uh, Dennis Thurman and uh, and Coach Trevor, and they were they were just so adamant about it. They they were they were all in, you know, for yeah. me. And uh, they were they were willing to to get me to a place where you know I could shine and do my thing. And so it was really just hard work there too. And um, so I got past that obstacle, and then coming here, you know, it was a whole nother obstacle, you know, uh, facing NFL tackles. Yeah. And well, so, and you did the position switch again, too. Yep, I mean, you yep, started right. off the ball here yep, again, yep. and then they were kind of like, boy, uh, you know, this guy's got some really great pass rush. Let's make him a situational this. And, and then you started playing more along the defense line, so you went mm-hmm. through the same thing yeah, again. Yeah, same thing. It's yep. not easy to do with the NFL level. Yeah, it's tough. It's <laughs> tough. Um, I also – I always, like, I love my, my versatility. Yeah. You know, um, I always feel like I could be in different spots and um, – I just have certain skill sets, you know. Um, I'm, I'm more of a football player than yeah. anything. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I talked to Taylor Decker on Wednesday. I talked to Penny Sewell. I went over and just asked him about you. You know, you have obviously been against them on the scout team mm-hmm. all year long. And Taylor was like, I'm not surprised at all what I saw yeah. on Thursday. Like, he's been doing that yeah. all, all year long. He, he, Taylor actually said, I was kind of wondering why he wasn't getting an opportunity earlier. I mean, that's pretty mm-hmm. high praise from a guy who's been doing it at a high level a long time. And, oh, yeah. and Penne said the same thing. He said, look, we just went at it every day. And I didn't even look at him as a scout guy. Like, I looked at him as, like, a dude, mm-hmm. you know. He, you earned that respect from him. And yeah. so what, did, what? how much did it benefit you going against guys like Taylor Decker and Penne Sewell yeah. every single day on yeah. the scout team that had to have made you better oh most definitely like <laughs> i used to you know just talk with taylor all the time and just be like so what are you doing how are you doing this what do you see when i do this and, and it was it was very very helpful for me like yeah because i didn't i didn't understand the nuances you know there's little little things you know every tackle has their little little uh swag thing that they like yeah, yeah. to do you know and so at the swack in the swack it was like they was almost scared of me after I had, you know, four sacks in the game, and it was like they was reacting to me. And as a defensive player, that's what you want them to do. Right. You know, but you got to get them there. You know, obviously NFL tackles, they're not just going to be there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just it's the constant work, you know, and just understanding the position all around. What was it like playing under Dion? Do you think he's ready for a for a Power Five type deal? Oh yeah, he's definitely ready. But um, he's doing his thing over at HBCUs, man. He's starting to that's starting true. a culture change, and um, I love him for it, man. It, it, that's that's literally the reason I, why I chose to go there. there. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, um, he was starting the whole little movement, and um, I want to see him kind of finish that, you know, with his son and and, and uh, Travis Hunter, and uh, all the young guys over there, and. I feel like it could be a nice little shift in the NCAA. It definitely could. Yeah. Off to what undefeated again this yes, year? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Got the swag championship coming up this week. All right. Yes, sir. Where are you gonna be for that? I'm gonna be here, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about 
uh, Jacksonville a little bit. A team a lot similar to you guys, not just record-wise, but, you know, mm. some young guys who are now starting to kind of make an impact yep. and um, offensively, you know, pretty similar. Just, what do you see in this matchup? And how big of a matchup is this for you guys? Obviously, 1-3, lost a close one to a, a team that's a Super Bowl favorite, but mm. but now to be in that conversation, to be in the right. in the bracket in, in December, you've got yep. to start another one. And it has to, you know, you can't get to two without one. So how important is this week for you guys? Yeah, I think it's extremely important. Um, I feel like we've been trending in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And um, it's going to say a lot about our team, about how we uh, respond to, you know, losing on Thanksgiving, having a long week, and having to come back out and, and, you know, have that same intensity, have that same fire, and still believe that we can do it. And um, I I have no doubt in our team. I feel like the whole year we've always played to the end. We've always, you know, played our heart outs and never, like, just given up stuff. And so, um, yeah, I'm ready for this week. I'm ready to kind of see how we trend. Yep. Do you can fans expect maybe a little bit bigger role? I mean, when you when you hit when you play five defensive reps and you rush twice and you get two sacks, you've got to think that that maybe those guys get paid a lot of money down down the hall. I would think that they would not to give away the game plan, obviously, but I can can we expect maybe a few more situational yeah, I, I rushes this I'll week? Get a, a, a couple more rushes, a couple more more plays in there, and uh, we'll we'll see how it works out. What did what, what did it mean to you to be nominated for the Pepsi Rookie of the Week? You join Aiden Hutchinson, you join Kirby Joseph, you join Malcolm Rodriguez, right? I mean, really, this defense has started to play a lot better over the last month because a lot of you young guys mm-hmm. have started to play a lot better. So, what did it mean to kind of join that that trio of rookies yeah. and, and, and that recognition as well? I mean, all of this has just been an honor. Whereas from you know breaking the, the the record or you know getting nominated for this is getting signed like it's all just it's been did a get lot. signed to the 53 man roster this yeah. week as well so it's yeah. been a lot and um it's it's i'm just taking it as it comes and um just thanking god for every blessing that he gives me because uh you know sometimes they don't always come around you know when right. you send down there and you you hoping you wishing and sometimes you look over and you look at that other guy sometimes you start comparing yourself and 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 that's not that's not it you know what i'm saying that robs you of your joy and so um yeah, no, I'm just I'm extremely elated, just happy, excited, and just ready to share these emotions, you know. And, and I have to tell you, you're going to be one of my wife's favorite players when she <laughs> sees this because my wife's a teacher. I know you have a bachelor's degree in education. Yep. Congratulations <laughs> on that. Um, but you have to explain to me one thing. What is it? What is a mathlete? <laughs> you didn't think I would do any research doing this, right? So okay. you have to explain to people what a mathlete is because James Houston, the guy who had two sacks on Josh Allen, really started out as kind of this mathematical wizard. So, so yeah. explain to everyone what a mathlete is. So uh, I was always kind of like a math wizard. Um, and so in elementary school, started elementary school, we uh, had like this little test. They gave us a test and – all the all the smart kids took it, and um, <laughs> uh, I got ended up getting like one of the highest grades on the test. And so that we formed a team, um, and we would go to like tournaments and stuff like that. And basically, it was kind of like a like kind of like show? a Jeopardy, Jeopardy click. Whoever gets it oh, fast, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They give you a question. Whoever gets it, click. And then, you're just like doing equations yep, in your head, equations really? it was or whatever, like any type of questions. It was like you know we was younger, and so yeah. we didn't really understand some of the complex stuff. And so sometimes it'll just hit you with something you just never even <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And That's pretty impressive, yeah, man. But I was always good at math. Uh, going in like sixth grade, I was taking like pre calc. 
I had to go oh, to like the high school across the street oh, yeah, yeah. And, and take classes and stuff like that. So I was always good at math. I was always like three or four years ahead. It's an impressive family you got too, right? There's yeah. a lot of there's a oh, lot yeah. of degrees oh, in your family, right? A lot of degrees, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, he is James Houston. Had a terrific game last week. He's going to get more opportunities this week. Just another one of those young guys that yep. that's stepping up and making plays, and and that bodes well for not only the rest of 2023 but for the future. James, thanks for joining me. Appreciate Thank you, man. You, man. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Welcome back to the 20 Minute Huddle Podcast. It is now time for the key matchup segment of this broadcast, this performance. Performance, this whatever you want to Yeah, whatever you want to call it. This is prevented by BetMGM. He is PJ Clark. He is the man behind the scenes, behind the camera, editing all this, all the graphics, and the expert analysis, too. Sure, so, I'll at, do it all. A man of, a man of all traits here. Listen, I try. I love it. <laughs> well, let's start right away with... I had to put this one on here. We don't know how much it'll directly affect each other, but Trevor Lawrence and Alex Anzalone, this has got to be the award for the best hair in the NFL. This is the head and shoulders game. This is the head and shoulders yeah. matchup, right? This is important. This I mean, is a big look one. at those locks of hairs on it's your screen right, It's right going to be right here. I mean, this is... I don't. I, and if you're listening, audio wise, you can just you can imagine it. You know what the two guys look like. I mean, this is this is a big. There magic. should be like a little Thor trophy for this one. Yeah. for the winner of this game. Like it's whatever. like a like a college rivalry game. You get the Paul Bunyan trophy. Get get the Thor trophy involved for this one. But look, I think you know when you look at at this defense and and it's a, a alliance defense has played much better over the last month. I think Alex Anzalone's been a big Definitely. part of that. Obviously, right in the middle with the green dot, getting everybody lined up, making sure these young guys are, are playing together. And ever since they had that defensive meeting, that players only meeting, they've been playing a lot better ball. And I know Alex was a part of that as well. And and look, they've got their their hands full with with Trevor Lawrence this week, a guy who's had at least a hundred passer rating in his last three games. He's playing pretty good ball right now. He's playing really good ball and coming off of that fourth quarter late game drive to go finally win a game against a very good Baltimore team he's got to be feeling pretty good but I think Alex is feeling pretty good as well I, you know had a big interception on Josh Allen played very well in the Buffalo game I thought like you said he's been playing well along with the rest of the defense recently but yeah. this is a guy that I think you might even see it affect the game a little bit because we've seen what running quarterbacks can do to the Lions throughout the year. Trevor is not a guy who is a run first kind of like Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, but, but he can move he's around. got some legs. He can move. And Josh Allen moved a little bit last week and I think Jacksonville is probably seeing that and seeing the course of this year you might see some of that and Alex Anzalone is going to be the guy in the middle that's going to have to try to stop that if Trevor takes off. Well, he's been pretty good, too, in terms of when they unleash him at the quarterback or they blitz yeah. him. He's got the second most quarterback hits on this football yeah. team for the linebacker position. When also they send him, he gets home. Leads them with 86 tackles, too. Yeah. So he's such an impact player. So, look, it'll be up to him um, to, to and Aaron Glenn, obviously, but to, to, to keep Trevor Lawrence in the pocket. Make Trevor Lawrence, if he throws for 340, 40 yards and three touchdowns like he did last week. I'm sure Baltimore just yeah. tipped their cap to and you said, get, you got beat. Kudos yep. to you. You got beat. But if he's able to run around and do some of the things, extend plays, some of the things that have hurt the Lions, um, obviously not, not a good situation. Not a good game. situation. And Alex is going to be a, a big reason why that can't happen this week. Well, let's talk about another one. Jeff Okuda, Detroit Lions cornerback, versus Christian Kirk, who I think has been a great addition for that yeah. for that team. He's kind of given them something um, down the field, that big play. Um, he's got the most targets from Trevor Lawrence, 91. He's got 57, 55 catches, 725 yards, leads them with seven yep. touchdowns. He's been really good. And, and I, you know, I thought um, – 
Jerry Jacobs, uh, Amani, those guys kind of stepped in and, and played pretty well with Jeff missing last week's game because of the concussion. Yeah. But uh, Jeff's their best quarterback. Yeah. At least he's shown that this this year. He's only allowed one touchdown in, in, in 10 games. He's been really, really good, and I think that'll be a really important matchup on the outside. And and that's the guy you have to take away. Zay Jones had a very big game against Baltimore last week for the, the Jaguars, but you are – keying on Christian Kirk because they have developed a very good rapport between Trevor and, and Christian mm-hmm. Kirk as you said leading targets leading receivers that guy he looks to first he he that first read and he usually. gets open and yeah. he's been very very good especially in the red zone this year so that's that's a key for the Lions red zone defense to, to step up and I think getting Okuda back I mean you saw what happened with with Diggs, especially late on those final two drives from Buffalo, where they really just went, "All right, we have Stefan Diggs, we need to go to him." Yeah. Jeff Okuda can kind of negate that a little bit more this week. And I think that's a good point because, especially late in the game, the way the Lions have used Jeff this year, going against some of the better receivers, it hasn't just strictly been side side. Um, it, late in that situation, if Jeff's available, you got to think, even if Diggs is in the slot, that, that Jeff's that probably going to be on that guy. Yeah. You know, not let him beat you so I think that's what you missed without having a Jeff Okuda look he returned to practice on Wednesday with the red jersey that's been standard he's going through the protocol he's had some extra time to get through the protocol obviously so um, the expectation is that you know he returns that Jonah Jackson who missed um, you know the game uh, against Buffalo because of a concussion he returns as well so you got to love that matchup Jeff Okuda versus Christian Kirk it's going to be an important one for the Lions definitely all right let's move on to the number one pick versus the number two pick, and you know how this goes, Peach. I, I mean, like they're always they're always going to be linked to yep. each other, especially when they play the same position. I mean, we've seen it with the quarterbacks. Me and I mean, John talked about this um, earlier that, that you just you're linked yep. when you when you play the same position and a team has an option of which one they want to go to they go with one Jacksonville selected Trayvon Walker out of Georgia number one obviously Aiden Hutchinson fell to the Lions at number two um, Brad Holmes couldn't get his card in there he quick was excited enough. he was fired once up. He, the NFL wasn't so happy at, at how quickly Brad but obviously um, Aiden was was Brad's guy but but look the, the Lions had a good evaluation yep. of, of Trayvon love the athletic the tra- traits you look at the statistics they're pretty similar Aiden's got I think more impact plays more of the sacks more you know the couple interceptions um but two young guys that are kind of trying to figure it out and I think that'll be an interesting one they won't face each other directly on the field Sunday but I think eyes will be on when you're the number one number two pick who, who got the better of the uh, better of that pick you know that and that'll be something you watch for the next few years. And I think it's going to be really interesting, especially on Sunday, Lions have been a, a run-first offense this whole year and yeah. running through Jamal Williams. And Trayvon Walker has been excellent in the run game and using his athletic traits. And, and that play against Chicago that Aiden made coming across the line of scrimmage on the goal line to, to, to cut Montgomery off as he went into the end zone, that's the type of stuff Trayvon Walker can do. So yeah. I think the key for the Lions is, as you said, hasn't really developed the pass rush moves yet as much as Aiden has. But the run game, you got to find 44 and make sure he's moved out of the way because he is athletic enough, even against a very good offensive line, to make an impact that yeah, way. Yeah, he's versatile. He'll play, you know, the outside linebacker spot. He'll switch to the rush end and base. I mean, he'll he'll yep. he'll do a lot of different. That's things. part of why he went number one overall because he has that versatility. Do so much different, so many different things with him. So the Lions will certainly have to know where Trayvon Walker Definitely. is at all times um, when when he's on the field. All right, let let let's flip. Let's stay with Detroit's defense, but you know. Travis 
Etienne, I think, has been a really interesting player for Jacksonville, really starting since October when they traded James Robinson. He became the yep. man there. Um, and, and I think that matchup is going to be an important one with Malcolm Rodriguez for Detroit, that linebacker, right? They use Etienne a lot of different ways, running the football. They try to get him the football short in the pass yep. game. And, and this is an area where I think – when I when I look at Malcolm and you got you have to love so much about Malcolm, I think one of the areas I I, I like to see him get a little bit better moving forward is is his coverage. Yeah. Uh, you look at just some of the numbers he's been thrown at thirty three times this year, and these are pro football um, focused stats. He's been thrown at thirty three times this year. They've completed twenty eight of the thirty three thrown at him. That's a hundred and ten point six pass rating. So I think he's got to get a little bit. Yeah. Now he's only allowed one touchdown, so it hasn't killed him in terms of the explosive plays. It's kind of that dink and ducks dunk stuff. And as a line that's hard to defend. Yeah. I think they'll teach you, you hey, keep it in front catch of you. it for, yeah. and, and tackle them for three yards, yeah. and we'll take that as a win for us. And and I think that's what a lot of those numbers point to. But still, I think this will be an interesting matchup because ETN is coming off that foot injury. Only had two carries last week. I know um, they said down Jacksonville this week that it was just precautionary. He didn't yeah. come back in the game. He's going to play. That's an interesting matchup to me between those two guys. And he's a home run hitter, too. I th- He's a swift type guy where any, any touch he can get, especially in open space, Base. I mean, he is a threat to just break it, and yeah. that's where you have to keep contained. Like you said, if it's a, if it's a little check down for three yards, keep him in front because if he makes the first guy miss, if it's Malcolm, if it's Derek Barnes, if it's anybody, then he might be off to the races, especially down the sideline. He's so good navigating that edge and turning the corner and getting upfield that he's a real threat yeah. to score anytime he touches the ball. But Malcolm is coming off you know, his best game of the season. PFF gave him a 90.5, highest-graded yeah. rookie, fourth-highest-graded defender last week. So that's, you know, he's improving every week. And, and I think you saw he was definitely hampered a little bit by the injury for yeah. a couple weeks there and wasn't up to full strength. But he's got the brace off now, took the brace off last week, and definitely looked way better, way more comfortable. So I think you're trending in the right direction. Etienne didn't get a lot of burn last week. So... Just keep them in front. Yeah. No, no, no doubles. Nothing over your head to make a baseball analogy here. Just make sure the ball lands in front of you. Six tackles for loss for for Malcolm that leads the team too. You, I'm sure you know all about ATN, huh? From that non fantasy trade. You, no, uh, you didn't. No. You didn't. No, yeah. couldn't give him up. Couldn't give him up. Couldn't give him yeah. up. Well, I'm a fan. Yeah, I bet you are. Oh, let's move on to the last one. This is a big uh, one. This is a big one. It is. And, and it's Josh Allen versus Penny Sewell. And because I think when you look at Jacksonville, I think how th- when they're successful, they're able to get a little bit more than they have consistently throughout the year in terms of their pass rush. Yeah. Their 17 sacks are, I think, some of the fewest in, in the yeah. NFL. You look at a guy like Josh Allen, he's only got three sacks, but you've seen what he can do in the past. He's a double-digit sack guy, and he can wreck a game if you let him. Yeah. And so for me, I think if you're the Detroit Lions, you've got to enter this game thinking, boy, our biggest advantage is up front along the offensive line. It is. You've know, you, you got Trayvon advantage. Walker, and, and Josh Allen's good, but I, I, I'll i take Penny Sewell and Taylor Decker over those two Yeah, and think I'm going to win that match matchup and so to me I, I think you just you can't let a guy like Josh Allen who I think is their best pass rusher pure pass rusher right now um, have some success have those big plays you've got to play to your strength and to me that's Detroit's offensive line absolutely you just you have to keep him contained because mm-hmm. you know you've seen on tape what he can do he's a big force fumble guy too and that was something that we keyed in on on Von Miller last week that yeah. he when he gets to the quarterback he not only can get the sack but he goes for the ball as well and that is just that 
can derail not only a drive, but that could put up points for Jacksonville. That could derail a whole game if you if you lose a fumble like that. So I think this is partially a golf ball security thing. If yeah. you if Allen turns the corner, you've got to be point. prepared on that because I mean he is you know. Maybe he's not the elite edge rusher that they thought they were going to get when they drafted him, but he's still very capable, double-digit guy, just maybe hasn't hit that ceiling yet, and certainly hasn't this year with only three sacks, but he is still, you got to know where he is, yeah. because that's a guy that can ruin your whole day. Yeah, and Penny Sewell, uh, top 10 in the voting already for um, the Pro he's Bowl. He's a stud. He's, he's a stud. He's and a stud. And so, you let your stud player uh, perform and, and be that stud and this guy, is a guy in a game that you need. It's a speed rusher, too, and I think that really plays into Penny's strength of being an athlete at his size, and just he's got the the feet that can keep up if Allen tries to go wide outside like he tends to do. I mean, I, I think... In a vacuum, this is a very winnable matchup. Like you said, your two tackles versus their two edge rushers. So that'll be a big one. Um, all five of these are big ones. It's Detroit Lions. You know, it's a big one. It's a big one for them. You know, we we always talk be be in the in the graphic in the, the graphic. Yeah, you know, get yourself to five and seven. Then you got home against Minnesota, and and then you know we'll see where it shakes out. But to get two, you got to get one, right? Yeah. And so this is a big one at home against a team that is playing good ball right now they are coming playing. off their biggest win of the year and has had a, a very tough time i know it's it's jacksonville and the record is not great but they they've they lost close games out. they're figuring some things out the offense is playing really really well so i i think this is not a look ahead game by any means six one score losses by the jacksonville jaguars yeah. five by the lions Two it's young young teams that are trying, trying to figure, to figure out. out how to win yeah. right and so i think this is a big one uh, for both clubs We'll talk again, what, after the game? Yeah, we'll, we'll do be this there. again? Yeah. yeah, we'll do it again. We'll be there. Yeah, sounds good. So, obviously, um, huge huge uh, rest of the end of the week here for the Lions. Uh, get, get everything in order. Welcome in Jacksonville. Need this one. We'll break it down after the game as well. So uh, it's been a busy, busy week. Busy, busy week. It was it was a good little mini buy, but uh, it's it's good to be you know looking back toward football and and hopefully the fans have something to be excited about on Sunday. Yeah.